Well, I want to start a series, and I may do this just for two or three weeks, maybe just next Wednesday or Thursday. But it's going to be on evangelism. But the night's not going to be what you think. Well, here's the thing. This is what this is what the Lord is. And, you know, I, I kind of started a little bit of it Saturday night. But I'm, I'm going to go a little deeper because um, this is what's important. This, this is what's important. Um, so everybody is not in the office of an evangelist. But the Word says that we're to do the work of an evangelist. And I want to, I want to go through these scriptures really quick. Um, if you'll give me Kathy, Second Timothy, four one through five. I'm short. <laughs> All right, I love this. Is it? I got Lee, Paige, and everybody going through this hot flash stuff. I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah. I charge you therefore. Before, excuse me, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and, and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, and they will heap up themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, trials. Do not work, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. So we get a lot of people that gets all, all in boldness. And I've said this many times in this ministry. If we go back to Acts chapter uh, four, where Peter prayed the prayer that all boldness would come on. If you stay in this ministry long enough, boldness will be the side effect of you walking in the door. It will come upon you. You won't have to pray for it because it is, it is the calling card in the apostolic. Boldness comes upon you. But it's your ministry. Everybody's not in the office, but everybody can still do the work of, of an evangelist. Now, they said something interesting in this. Be ready in season and out of season. That means when you're ready for it, and then when all of a sudden it sprung on you, it, you still got to be ready for it, right? When I'm preparing and when I'm not preparing. Gene went, made us all go through this last year. Wouldn't tell anybody who was teaching on Saturday night. We would rotate. We had a rotation for years. Gene, Lee, me, glory night. Gene, Lee, me, glory night on Saturday nights. Then all of a sudden, I'm cutting that out. You know why? Because we had to be ready in season and out of season at any time. Now, I've come to the point any time that if I was to be called out, I need to hear a word from you today. I believe I can now do that. Okay, so it takes a minute to get to this point, and I'm not saying I would do it well. I'm just saying I believe I can do it. Because, first off, I'm past all the, oh my God, what are they going to think of me? You know, I'm past all that. You get past that situation where it's all about Him. Now, let me ask you a question because I, I said a second ago that sometimes we get 
we get all this boldness and all this zeal and all this fervor, and that's great, that's good, and we need those things, and we push and we push and we push, but and, and you're all of a sudden, oh, you're, you're looking at somebody I can text a scripture to, or you're looking at somebody that I can minister to, but let me ask you something, and this is a very important question we have to ask in evangelism. Are we ministering to the house, or are we ministering to him? Because the very first call in evangelism, the very first, excuse me, ministry is to minister to him, to him. All ministry, all ministry that will be of absolute power is going to be an outflow of what you do in ministering to him. I've heard Gene so many times say, you will come to the point to where you won't care about teaching or preaching. You just want to be with him. You'll come to a contentment. But this is, but now I find it comes upon you. That ministering thing comes upon you when I'm ministering to him. And if we're just ministering to the house, we're not doing anything any different than what somebody with a gift is doing, right? Somebody who is a great orator, who's charismatic, can get up and they can give a message that moves you, it stirs you, and you walk out the door the same exact way you walked in the door. But when it's from being in His presence, when it's become when a point where I've been with Him, then ministry is going to be much more powerful and you will see the fruit not just a attaboy, good message. We've had enough of that, right? The power and the presence. Everybody's experienced that in messages in here, where it's not, it's not just a message. It's something that makes you go, Ugh. I mean, it, you, I'm talking about it pierces that division. It makes your head just, just shake and spin, and you're going, I can't do this. I can't, oh, man, I tell you what, I can't be here anymore. I mean, it does that to you, right? KLM is not your typical evangelistic apostolic center. Can we go out on the street? Can I go to Broughton Street tonight on a street corner? And do I have the boldness to stand there and, and, and literally proclaim Jesus? Yes, I do. Is that something that I want to do? No, I'm not specifically graced for that. Everybody know who Todd White is? Okay, Todd White is graced for the street. He's got dreads to hear. He's an ex-drug dealer. They tried to kill him. They tried to shoot him. God graced him that he can go to... He wants to go to the derelicts. He wants to get out there to the worst of the worst because God has graced him for that. You know, it's all well and wonderful if you want to hit the streets and go ministering, go ministering to people, but you better have planned and you better have ministered unto him before you go out there or you'll ever get shot if i'm going to do that i'm going to be prepared before him this is where true evangelism will explode in your life see all of us are called to do the work of of an evangelist amen but i'm telling you the power in your ministry is going to be from ministering to him you know it was Two weeks ago, and I kind of read a little bit this Saturday, um, Saturday uh, night, last Saturday night, I was just sitting there, and God, 
this birthed out of me, it birthed out of the Spirit of God in me. I was sitting there, and I said, when you're going through the something, if you'll minister to me, if you'll fellowship with me when you're going through the something, if you'll step into that point where you move that aside and you just begin to minister to Him, have the faith to push everything else out and minister to Him, He will begin to move the some things. If your heart has a burning passion for people out there, let me tell you, if you go out, I don't know, should I speak to them? Oh, I'm scared to speak to them. You're not there yet. You're not, you're not there yet. And that's okay because it takes a while. It takes a while. But the more we stay before Him ministering unto Him. Pretty pretty pointed, right? See, I remember one night we brought all the youth in here and we worshiped for about, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. And we say, you ask God to show you something and we're going to hit the street. That was an amazing night. That was an amazing night. I'm going to tell you, I... I'm, I, let me just tell you, am I specifically graced for the street? No, but I can do it. But when I'm before him, I can do all things through Christ. But this is what we did, and we were exercising. Hey, guys, come on in. We were beginning to exercise the anointing. And I remember I had a group of about four kids. We all started going. And they were to ask the Lord before we left, what did the Lord speak to you and say? I'm telling you what, the Lord gave these kids specific stuff. And I was, I was going, he said, what? I, the God, I said, God told you that? And one, I, can't, I can't remember who this young lady was now when she was on my team. But she said, yes. And she was, I mean, she said, that's crazy. I said, okay, that's, that's wild. So we hit Daffin Park to start with. And I walked by, and I walked by this homeless guy sitting on a, sitting on a bench, and it, something checked in my spirit as I walked by him. I said, "Guys, we got to turn around and go back." And I went up to him, and I just began to minister to the man, just minister to. Him. We gave we gave him some money for food. He and he was a believer, but it was a, it was just it was great for those kids to see evangelism in action, getting it all in action. But when we this is where it got crazy. We we go to Walmart. And I said. Okay, God said that you 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 were going to see what now? Okay, all right, let's go. I'm game. If God showed you that, that I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna we gonna up and down these aisles at Walmart until God shows you. I'm telling you, God showed this young lady, this woman who had a tattoo of a butterfly on her arm. She said, I'm looking for a lady with a tattoo of a butterfly on her arm. I head down the cereal aisle. I begin to walk down there, and she went a tent hut. I mean, she stopped military style. Her eyes got big, and I said, what is it? She said, look at her shoulder. I looked over at her shoulder, big old tattoo of a butterfly, and I went, oh, my Lord. <laughs> okay, okay, Mr. Evangelist, what you going to do now? And I said, okay. God showed you. Have at it. <laughs> I walked up. I walked up there with her, and she said, "I'm just. I'm going to just tell you something." I said, "She. She gave this girl what God told her." This woman stood there, and she was petrified at what she heard. And I walked up to her, and I said, "Ma'am," I said, "I know this is really weird." And she said, oh. "I mean, she was totally, totally freaked out, but she wanted to hear more because this young lady just met, read, uh, read her mail, and where she was and what was going on in her life." And we, but and she said, "Um," and the, and the young lady said, "Well, can we pray for me?" And she said, "No." She said, "No." 
You know, I, I thought, wow, that was that was interesting. But you know what? God takes one and he plants. I promise you, God did not show that young child, that woman in Walmart with a butterfly and told her all about her family and then for her to reject, nope, that seed was planted and the next day something's going to happen or the next day another would come and water it. I am tickled for that woman because I know God got a hold of that woman because it was just too out there. Too out there, okay? Yeah, she called the name on the tattoo. That's right. I'm talking about specific stuff. I'm not talking about a oh, seasoned prophet. I'm talking about a little 14-year-old girl. I was like, okay, God, I got a ways to go. <laughs> right? Right. That's my point. We ministered unto the Lord before we ever hit the street. We were continually before Him, ministering to Him, asking what do you want tonight? I mean, it was, an it was an amazing experience. Amazing experience. So, now, so I'm going to give you another one. Um, I have got a client that has been a pill. A pill. She ran off my subs. She ran off my vendors. And I, I mean, it's been bad. 65 years old. Never been married. Just completely, just bitter woman. So I, I call her up and I said, okay, I'll call her name, but. I said, um, I don't know what happened or what went on. I said, but the man you ran off has got way more patience than I do. And I said, and the, for a vendor to tell me they're not coming back, that's an issue. And I said, they, they gave me, and she goes, I know, I know. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, this is what I'm going to do. I told you I was going to bring you some dirt and manicure your front at no charge. I was going to do that for you. And I'm a man of my word, so I'm going to honor what I originally told you. No charge to you. A lot of sweat to me, but no charge to you, right? I said, we're going to go over this list, and I'm going to be reasonable, and you're going to be reasonable. She couldn't say anything. She could not argue with me. She couldn't do anything. I went and did exactly what I said. We met on yesterday. I sweated. I loaded dirt. I unloaded dirt just for this woman, just for her, just so I could win her, saying the whole time, Father, give me an opening to speak to this woman. Give me the opening to lead her to Christ. It was my heart's desire. It was, I mean, it was burning in me. So after all was done, all the work was done, we sat on the porch together and I began to just say, God, and we were talking and I started asking her personal questions and, but I was, I said, God, give me the opening. Give me the opening. The opening never came. I, could, I was praying in the Spirit under my breath, Father, Father. You know, she became my mission yesterday. She became my mission, but nothing happened. And you know, it kind of bummed me out for a little bit, but you know what? She knows there's something different about me. She knows that. So I don't know if a seed was even planted, but you know, I may not be the right one. Because she had been angry with me and happy with me. Angry with me and happy with me. You know, so it was back and forth. So I may not have been the right one. So in evangelism, you're going to have some that go wow and some that say chow. That's it. Some of them is going to love you. Some of them is not. Some of them is going to want you to pray for them. Some of them is going to say, man, get away from me. And it may be just that ugly. Get away from me. 
But the mandate, the evangelical, evangelistic mandate of this ministry is different. This center is different. What's our mandate? How you doing, buddy? Carrie Smith. Tom? What's the mandate? That's right. To prepare the bride. Most of the bride's already saved, right? My family goes, you're not the same. I was saved when they knew me, but now they recognize a purity they had never seen. They see a holiness they had never seen. And that's only because I have been willing to submit to a process to circumcise the heart and minister to laying me down, picking up him. You understand that? Not right now. Hang on with me. Keep your thought. Give me Mark 16, 17, and 18. Nope. It ain't the lights. I'm sweating like it ain't the lights. Mark 16, 17, and 18. Then I want to show you something in the Old Testament. And these signs will follow those who what? Did it say I had to be in an office? It said these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. If you want to go downtown to Broughton Street, you better be believing. Have you been down there lately and look and see what's walking around? They don't look like you. You better believe. If you're not believing, you're going to run into a devil that you're not prepared for. There are time. That's the other thing, a part of this message, man. We'll get into that in a minute. But there's a time to minister and a time not to minister. When I am prepared is when I've ministered before him. And sometimes that's a process of a few months, maybe a few years until you set at his feet, until you've been with him, till you understand how he's thinking, till you've taken on the mind of Christ. I'm not saying we get it all right the first time. We get it right in measure, measure. We go from glory to glory. But we have to get to that place. Amen? So these signs that will... Back up. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They will take up service. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And say anything about you being in an office. Nothing is that those who believe. Those who believe. The body has got to come to a point where you stop depending upon the ministers. You are the ministers. You are those people. Amen? All right, what did you want to share? Yeah, thank you. So the Lord told me to share that um, when he was talking, when Kerry was talking about, you know, when you go and you speak a word, it might not be that moment that that person can receive it from you, but God's word will always, always accomplish that which he has it to do. So, oh, thank you. So Isaiah 55, 11 says, so my word, well, I'll start in 10. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I sent it to do. Um, and it's really important that we know that because I've been an evangelist for the last 40 years and I was trained by God. I've been trained in churches as well, but I mean, I, I learned more from sitting at the feet of Jesus um, about being sent out. God will wake me up at two in the morning and send me places. But it always is not up to me when I'm sent out. I very seldom know exactly what's going to happen. I just know where I'm supposed to go. And then I'll ask God to show me how do I know 
who the person is I'm supposed to minister to, and he showed me something specific, you know, that I know what to look for. And he always does it in that same way, although everything's always different in the location. It happened to me four times today of uh, divine appointments. I've been doing this for most of my life. Well, that's, that's another teaching that I can get into because one of the signs of an evangelist is divine appointments. And that is primarily how God uses me. And a divine appointment is not an appointment you know about. It's one that you don't know about. I mean, where with me, I mean God floods the scene. He arrests me till I know something's about to happen. Y'all know some of the stories I've told. In the barber chair, getting my feet done. I know, I know. I mean, it's like the glory of God drops down. It arrests me and I go, okay, God, just I'm, I'm, I'm right here. So I'm, I'm going to just, just flow. And that's all you have to do at that point is be a vessel. Because when you're ministering to Him, at that point, what happened to me in both of those times, the Spirit begins to speak through you and you, won't not, you will not remember what you said because it came from the Spirit and not the intellect. That's how you know. I used to get so frustrated with Gene about that. Hey, what would you say to me last night? Oh, what do you mean you don't know? You told me. I heard you. Oh, what me? And I'm like, I used to, honestly, in the beginning, it made me so mad because I went, dude, Stop being so Mr. Spiritual. I did. I did stop being so Mr. Spiritual. You know what you said to me last night. But now I've experienced it now myself. I can't remember because it never went through this intellect. It came straight from the Spirit, straight out of my mouth. It came straight from God's mouth because at this point you've yielded yourself and you're only going to say what He tells you to say. Isn't that what Jesus did? I'm only going to say what the Father tells me to say and do what the Father tells me to do. Let me back up. But that only comes from a heart that is circumcised unto Him. I'm going to stress this and push this because evangelism is nothing more than exercising a gift if your heart is not circumcised. The point where you're going, God, it doesn't matter about what I want anymore. I've laid, oh, when you get to the point where you bow to everything and see, Jesus has to be Lord of everything. What does it mean to minister? It means to serve. So in my serving, I have to become the living sacrifice where I have given everything away. Nothing is important in my life anymore, but what God directs me to do through this ministry. Yes, I have to work for a living, but I'm going to still serve Him in my work. Man, I minister to men on the job all the time. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. I'm serving, I'm ministering unto the Lord. I know, sister, I'm, I'm roasting. I'm telling you, it, I, I'm, it ain't the lights. It ain't the lights. <laughs> True ministry. I'm just going to be redundant. That ministry has become powerful that you see change. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm ill when I think about um, some of my old church, old church experiences. They bring, oh, we got this evangelist coming in. He's going to rock the house. They're going to run up and down the aisles. They're going to scream. They're going to clap. Everything. When he says this, you watch what they do. Yeah, yeah. You know what they did? They sweat. They had an emotional experience that did nothing for them except made their flesh feel good. The true power of a word 
or ministering to God is when you see an amazing supernatural fruit coming from this person's life. You girls that come in here every Tuesday morning, you, you witness it bellowing out of Lee, bellowing out of her. Amen? So to start evangelism, to start your ministry, remember the scripture? Your ministry, fulfill your ministry, it's going to start before Him always. And if it's not, then you're just operating in a gift. Or, or you're working for the house. You're ministering to the house. And see, God set up in Ezekiel 44, there were some that He was not pleased with. They were in the outer courts and they were doing the menial stuff, the animal slaughter, making sure things was clean. He kept them in works because their hearts were not circumcised unto Him. And that is exactly the same thing. We're going to go over this in a minute. The same thing that's going on in the church today because the heart is not circumcised, God's not going to receive your ministry. You can, you can go and you can work for, you can work to the house and work to the house and work to the house. But if you're not ministering to him, it becomes adultery. You hear what I'm saying? I don't ever want to be accused of adultery. Right? Um, pull up Ezekiel 44 for me. Well, that gets into prophesying out of the flesh and not the, the spirit. Ezekiel 44, 1. 44, 1. Then he brought me back to the outer gate. And this is interesting because as I taught a little bit Saturday night, I want to, I want to get you caught back up on this. I want to, I want to, for a couple of y'all that were here that may have heard it, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to do this again. What was going on is God had brought them and saved them out of Egypt, but now they're in Babylon. They were still exiled out of Babylon, but God was bringing, them, bringing some of them out, and He was putting order back into the temple of God. And they were building the temple of God. Y'all follow me? And what was happening, there was, there was two two groups of the Levites. Only the Levite priest could minister, right? Some of them, some of them, their hearts weren't circumcised unto God. The habits they had picked up in Babylon, they had brought into the house of God. Now I want you to transfer that to today. The bad habits we've pulled out of the world, we brought into the house of God, such as true worship has become entertainment. Let me tell you, most of the church, they don't know what worship is. They don't. They sing 20 minutes worth of praise and worship and they think they praise and worshiped. No, true worship, we'll get into this in a second, is when I stand before Him, when I tarry with Him. Stand before the Lord. To stand before the Lord means wait upon the Lord. When I do that, God gives me downloads. Now, it's not like in teacher form. It's in... My form is in the in in the form of an evangelistic sense to where it moves, and like I told you, the things that what I text the other day, right right there sitting coming out of worship, I just began to text it because God was downloaded to was for four people that day, four people, and God just kept saying, "Minister to me, minister." I kept hearing, hearing. I said, "Lord, what, what are you showing me?" I said, so I started studying because when God puts something really prolific on me, I start studying it. And he starts opening doors. He starts showing me stuff. Okay, so let's look at this. He brought me back to the outer gate. Well, if he brought me back, he must have had me there already one time before, right? right. <laughs> he brought me back. So as I'm studying this, and I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a scholar here, but what, what, 
what I'm surmising from some of the, the uh, studying I'm doing is, is this was this was the premise of where I lead, you follow. Where I lead, you follow. You go this way, you follow. I go this way, you follow me. And that's that's what some of the the teaching on this. When I got deep in the study on this, outer gate of the sanctuary, which faces toward the east, but it was shut. Next verse. And the Lord said to me, This gate shall be shut, and it, it, it shall not be opened, and no man shall enter by it, because the Lord God of Israel has entered by it, therefore it shall be shut. In other words, that was my door. I'm in there. Nobody's to use my door. You follow this? Now I want to translate. This is Old Testament. We're not in Old Testament. But the translation into the New Testament is, is God just stepped into the Holy of Holies. You understand that? Into the inner sanctum in the sanctuary. When you accepted Christ, He just stepped into the inner sanctum of your spirit. And now He has has set up His house there. You get it? Go back, please. No man shall enter by it because the Lord of Israel has... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm sorry. Go to the next verse. As for the prince, because he is the prince, he may sit to eat bread before me before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the vestibule of the gateway and go out the same way. Who's the prince? It's not Jesus. No. The prince is not Jesus. In this way, you have to go back and you have to get it in Ezekiel because he refers to King David as the prince. So now let me tell you this. I know this, it got me too. So let me tell you this. Who's the prince today if I translate this from the Old Testament to the New? Huh? No. (laughs) That's what I thought you said. No, he is not the prince. He could be. The prince is you. Now you're coming before, what did he say? He may sit in, sit in it to eat bread, where? Before me. You get this? I'm the prince now. I'm the prince before him. What am I doing? I'm taking communion. I'm worshiping all my religious acts. If you go into deep theological study on this, he's going into his religious ceremonies before God. This was David. I think it's in Ezekiel 33. You can make, it refers to David as the prince. It's really it's a really cool study. But anyway, this is this is solidifying what I've been teaching all night long. Well, what is he doing? Who else was allowed to do that at that time? Nobody but David, right? Now I have the Holy Spirit. Everybody following me? Okay. Praise God. You understand this? Isn't this cool? All right. He shall eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the vestibule of the gateway and go out the same way. Okay. Wow. Next verse. Also, he brought me by the way of the north gate in front of the temple and he looked and beheld the glory of the Lord did fill the house of God and I fell on my face. Okay. I don't have a great revelation for that. That's pretty self-explanatory. The next verse is cool though. And the Lord said to me, son of man, mark well. I'm going to tell you something. He's talking to every minister today when he says this. And when I say every minister, not just office ministers, but he's talking to you because you are a minister as well as the office minister. He says, mark well. In other words, he's saying, pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. See with your, what? 
hear with your what? With your, and say to the concerning all the ordinance of the house of the Lord and all its laws. Mark well. Four times God tells Ezekiel, Mark well. Mark well who may go and enter that. Who may enter? Where? The house. the house. And all who go out from the sanctuary. Why is he saying this? Because some of them are not worthy. Their heart is not circumcised. And I will not receive the ministry unto me because their heart is not with me. And the Lord said, wait a minute, next verse. Now say to the rebellious house of Israel, thus saith the Lord, O house of Israel, let us have no more of all your abominations. To stop. Let me tell you what was going on. See, there's a group of Levites, what they were doing, they were actually being bribed by pagans and people that were uncircumcised in heart and in flesh, they would bribe them. The Levites would bring them into the house to do the ministry of the priest. And you know what they would do? They would steal the grain offering. They would steal the sin offering. And they would take it. And you know what they would do then? They would sell it. So it was a privilege for them to get in that position. You get this? They would bribe. So they were paying the priest for the job. And if that wasn't going on, then the priests were hiring some of them because they just didn't have time and felt it necessary for them to can, for them to do their priestly duty. We can't hire nobody to minister to God for us. We are the prince. Y'all follow me? Everybody's staring at me. I'm going, God, did I get me? Okay, good. I can't have anybody else do it for me. It comes to a time where if you're going to follow this path, I must be the prince. I must spend that time in that vestibule with him. Face to face. Eyes to eyes. No ministry will ever be important, will ever have power, anointing, without that being done first. I told you it wasn't going to be what you thought. Next verse. When you brought in, here it is. When you brought in foreigners, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary to defile it. Do you know, I'm thinking about this. How many times we hear, we hear about some, you know, some of the denominations, I don't need to call their name. I, I could. I mean, I mean, if they're open to do it, they can, but they've brought, they've brought in homosexuals to stand in their pulpit to be ministers. My God is defiling the temple. God dealt with this this week. God is love. Oh, He's love. He's a burning fire of love. But God is also truth. And I can't have one without the other. If I'm going to love, 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 then I have to pull truth right along because they're first cousins. If I'm I'm just going to stand on the truth, I've got to have love. I have to have both of them because God is truth and love. Okay, okay. Well, uh, don't pick on the gay people. I love gay people. I've had them delivered in this ministry. I've preached their funerals. I love them. There's nothing about that with me. But what about the, what about the preacher that's standing up there and he's in an adulterous affair? He's no different than the gay guy standing up there preaching. What about the guy that's 
He's got so much lust in his heart. All he's doing is spewing defilement all over the people. You know, this is, this is true. If you're around somebody that's just an angry person all the stinking time, I mean, they're just angry, angry, angry. You look, you look at them straight and they growl at you. You know, eventually, if you're not careful, you will take upon yourself, that spirit will jump right on you. Now all of a sudden you wake up, why am I so angry? If you were like me, what's the matter with you, Carrie? Not me yet. He's probably going, I ain't never coming back here again. That's bad when I got to be briefed. (laughs) Praise God. They're briefing me now. I'm just going to be love and truth. That's all I can be. I got to be love and truth. I I love some of you guys. You you know, stop it, Angela. Your group, you're bringing these people in. And you know what? What's happening? Millie, you found something different. You found something different. That's the evangelism of this ministry. It's not about going and casting out demons in the street. If we need to do that, praise God, we have the authority and the power to do it. I can remember a time when I was thinking about ministry, and oh my God, I don't even want to get near that devil over there. Oh Lord. Now I'm like, get let me at him. Bring him to me because I have no fear of him now. Because greater that's in me. Because I've come to a point in ministering to him. I don't worry about you. You're an imp. You know your future. Why do you think they scream when Jesus come around? Have you come to torture us before his time? Yep. That's exactly what I want to do. I know what you've done to my son. I know what you've done to my family. I know what you've done to so many people that I have loved and ministered to. Yes, I want to torture you. Wide open. My goodness. Next verse. And you have not kept charge of my holy things, but you have set others to keep charge of my sanctuary for you. How many ministers today, they just do it because it's a paycheck. They'll tell you they love God. And I really think in their heart, they really think they do love God. But see, there's a difference. There's a difference in ministering to the house and ministering to Him. Next verse. Thus saith the Lord God, no foreigner, nobody with an uncircumcised heart. Am I screaming at y'all? I'm not trying to. well, Well, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm really, I'm not trying to scream at you. Thus saith the Lord, no foreigner. Nobody with an uncircumcised heart is going to be able to minister effectively. It will not be. No foreigner uncircumcised in heart or uncircumcised in flesh shall enter my sanctuary. Where is that sanctuary? In that inner sanctum now with us. Right here as the prince. Including any foreigner who is among the children of Israel. What? What did he say? We should say especially among us. Praise God. I'm almost excited. (laughs) Next verse. Uh, And the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their what? Their idols. What was their idols? If they were, if they were being bribed. (sighs) Oh Lord, I don't want to go there, but I want to go there. (sighs) I'm so tired. I'm so tired of turning on any kind of religious program on TV. And all I hear is we got a telethon going on give. I need a thousand dollar gift. 
You get that $1,000 gift, I promise you. And it, there's this one particular guy, I'm not calling his name. Every time I see him, I have to turn the channel. I can't stand His very appearance turns me inside out. And you know why? Because something's wrong. My spirit is grieved. Ugh. Sir, hap- what happens to you at your job? Where I feel that way, like you're talking about. Yes, even some ministries I like, it seems like, you know, every message seems to lead into an offering. I'm going, the message is awesome. You know, it ties in perfectly. And I'm not, oh, I'm not, um, listen, we're supposed to give. The government shouldn't be paying money out. We should be. The church should be paying for people. I'm not against Giving. We have to give. It's a necessity. He said, bring your, your tithe to the storehouse. You know, the Levites, God was their inheritance. All they, had to, all they had to eat on, all they had to provide is what the people came and gave. You know, that's the different thing about this ministry. There's no minister, full-time minister here that has paid a salary. Not one. We all have full-time jobs. We take the approach of Paul. You want to give? Give. We admonish people to give from time to time. It's expensive to run a ministry. You'd be amazed at the budget it takes to keep this place going every year. You would be astonished at this little building for what we do. I get off track? Okay. All right. When after their idols, they shall bear their, you know what's going to happen? They're going to bear some grief. They're going to bear some shame. Mercy. Next verse. Yet they shall be ministers in where? This is the mercy of God. As gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. In other words, there's going to be menial things God's going to keep you doing until you circumcise your heart. I see this in this ministry day in, day out. It's amazing how it works. But it's good. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifice for the who? Not God. The people. And they shall stand before them to minister to them. Next verse. Because they minister to me before them, before their idols, and cause the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. What did I just say? If you stand up and your heart's not circumcised, you're going to spew whatever's in you all over them. Therefore, I have raised my hand in an oath against them, saying to the Lord God, they shall bear their iniquity. Next verse. And they shall not come near. Me. That's what makes me fear. Doesn't that make you fear? To minister to me as who? Nor come as any of my, nor come near any of my holy things, nor in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Because I can assure you, when a minister gets severe, it's it's just amazing how everybody knows what's going on. And what does he do? He bears his shame because everybody knows what's happened. Isn't that something that makes you go, right? Where was I? Yep, next verse. Nevertheless, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all is work. And here's where we're going now. And all for that has to be done in it. Next verse. But the priest, the Levites, the son of Sadak, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister to me. 
and they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord. Now get this again, don't move. When the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister to me, and they shall stand before me to offer to me four times. The fat and the blood, says the Lord. I come before him. I'm telling you there's power. Gene so set this up. He so set me up. And it's been amazing. Every Saturday night, I'm teaching a little bit on communion. It may not be the flashiest thing, but there's always, it seems to be some little bit of revelation that grabs you and that pulls you. Because now, as the prince, I've got to come before him and I need to start that communion flow. God, in my weakness, you become strong. I'm receiving this body. I'm receiving this blood. As I'm doing this, Father, I'm taking on the mind of Christ. The blood is transforming me. I am remembering the triumph of the cross. I'm I'm just rocking in it. I'm just rocking in it. I'm fellowshipping in it with Him. And as I keep doing it and keep doing it, there's a relationship that begins to build and it begins to build power. It begins to build authority. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. You hear me? So now, now I'm in this holy of holies. I'm in this place. I'm ministering to Him. I may need to stand before Him or it simply means to wait before Him, to tarry before Him. And I'm telling you what, when we learn consistency in this intensity, we will begin to move far beyond anything we've ever thought we could do before. The key is consistency. Siddiqui looked at me one time. Y'all know who he is? I will not miss my time with God. There are days it might be longer or it might be shorter, but I will not miss my time with God. You know what that did to me? That was about four or five years ago. Wow. I think one hand just got nailed right then. Now, moved into this. Not going to miss my time because if you've been out there lately, I need my time, especially me. Don't you laugh. You ain't got no reason to laugh, woman. Nope. Peas and carrots we are. <laughs> Sound like that guy from Star Wars. What's his name, Yoda? No, peas and carrots we are. But the priests, the Levites, and the son of Sadduk who kept charge of my sanctuary, I've already read that. Next verse. They shall enter my sanctuary and they shall come near my table to minister to me and they shall Keep my charge because if my heart is circumcised unto Him, I'm going to keep His charge. And if I'm keeping His charge, everything and all the issues of life are not destroying me, wearing me out, making me crazy, making me angry. If I'm keeping His charge in consistency, I am going to grow in power and authority every single day. They should have let me do this on Saturday night. Praise the Lord. It ain't me. It's just in this atmosphere. Because all my evangelists ain't even here. I ain't done with them yet. Next verse. And it shall be whenever they enter the gates of the inner court that they shall put on linen garments. No wool shall come upon them while they minister to me in the gates of the inner court or in the, or within the house. Next verse. 
They shall have linen turbans on their heads and the linen trousers on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes sweat. What causes sweat? Work. Go to Genesis 3, 3.19. I'm almost done. My time out. Oh, they always go on another 20 minutes. I got 14 more verses. Listen, I'm going to tell the truth. I got four more. Just four. Ten, ten verses later, I just got two more. And <laughs> this is what God says to Adam. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Sweat was a cause of the fall. And God's saying, when you come into the inner court, there's going to be no sweat. Why? Because there's going to be complete rest when I am in the Holy of Holies with my God and my Savior and the Holy Spirit. I am going to be in complete rest. I'm not going to have to work. If I get this right, the ministry will be so easy. There will be no sweat in it. There will be no anxiety in it. There will be no fear in it. What was he having the other side, the other Levites do? Work. You want to be in work or rest? Come on. I'm telling you, I, we operate that here. We put people to work. Why do we put people to work? To process them for their heart to be sanctified. And boy, that's a tough problem. I mean, I'm telling you what, sometimes it drives people crazy, Right? They don't feel like they're moving. I remember about the third year here, I was going, I can't take it no more. Something's got to give, God. Don't look at me. You live with her. You live with her. Don't look at me. So here, here's the thing. All ministry, and I'm just repeating, all ministry that goes out that causes change. I've seen people get healed, but they didn't change. I've seen people get saved, but they didn't change. I've seen people get prayed for, fall out in the spirit, get up next 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 weekend, they're, they're back at the altar going, hit me again, hit me again. How many of y'all experience this stuff? Come on. My ministry to him in the Holy of Holies has the prince. I'm seated in heavenly places. Where? With Christ. Where is Christ? The right hand of the Father. All ministry will be an outflow of your time and your ministering unto Him. Period. Told you it wasn't going to be what you thought. This is a powerful message. Not because I'm saying it. Not because I'm teaching it. Because this is, this is where the rubber hits the road in the true ministry to the house and to the people on the street. Amen? Praise the Lord. I've gone long. I don't usually go long, guys. Uh, seven after seven. All good? Yes, you can. So um, when you just said that, I was thinking about pregnancy, and um, I appreciate that you trust me with the mic. So um, intimacy, right? Nothing's going to be born unless there's intimacy, right? So you can't be expecting a child if there's been no intimacy. So why do we think that we can have anything birthed inside of us that's going to come out unless we're intimate with the Father? It's not possible, right? And yet we've all done it. I've done it. There has to be intercourse. Has to be intercourse, right? So in and order spiritual to have intercourse. That's right. So if you don't have that communion, you know, that time with the Father, 
then why on earth do we ever think that we're going to be um, able to give birth to anything, a ministry, um, children, you know, in the spirit, as an evangelist, I'm wanting to give birth. That's what, what we're doing. Um, the other thing that I felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me of is that sheep beget sheep. Yes. Pastors do not beget sheep. Sheep beget sheep. A pastor, so, let me cut you off right there. That's fine. A pastor cannot teach an evangelist. He can't do it. An apostle can because he minors in all the other offices. He can do that. A pastor can only really teach a pastor. He doesn't think like an evangelist. After a while, they're going, dude, I don't get you. He's going, I don't get you either. That's not a bad thing. It's just that God's made us all different. It takes really an evangelist or an apostle to teach another evangelist. And it's a simple thing. What did Paul say? Imitate me. That's what Paul said. Imitate me. Do what I do. And then learn from your experiences in life. Amen. Burn it up, Millie. It ain't the lights. I turn them off. Praise the Lord. Anybody got a question? Anybody want to add anything? Did you guys get this? I, fe- I felt it in myself tonight. I could feel this. Amen. Everybody good? Phew. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand and we'll be dismissed. First off, I don't know who this beautiful young lady is back here. I'm not, I don't, I won't say nothing to you. What's your name? Shekinah? She- I've not met her. Shekinah? Wow. Oh! Uh-uh. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well. Okay. Well, both of you need to go read Ephesians 5. Live there before you get married. I'm sorry. Say that again. Yeah. You are the church. You are the church. Seven days a week. Oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Perfect. Saturday night here, 6 o'clock. You think? You have no idea. I had a little lady about this tall. And it, oh. she, I, I, she didn't kick my butt, but I'm going to tell you what. After a while, people can wear on you. And it wasn't until I got very firm with her. Very firm. And trust me, I can get firm. I got very firm with her. I said, I'm going to come and we're going to, we're, we're going to make notes. I'm going to be reasonable and you're going to be reasonable. She, she, nothing. Hello? <laughs> nothing. I got there. I was reasonable and she was reasonable. Sometimes you just have to take authority, but you do it with love. Mm-hmm. Do it with love. When I showed up with a half a truckload of dirt and did something for her that didn't cost her anything, and she saw me sweating my rear end off. She saw me wiping my face, and I mean, I was soaking wet, because wintertime won't ever get here this year. So she saw it. I'm just doing this to be funny, guys. I know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being silly, but you know what? We need to laugh. We need to laugh. I mean, every, you know, we, we man, we... We we feed and we teach and we teach and we preach and we teach and it is hardcore stuff. I mean, it's you either going to get it or it's going to mess your head up. One of the two, you know. So every now and then, just laugh, just laugh, have fun. Amen. All right, stand on your feet. Yes. Praise the Lord, Father. I thank you for your word that pierces the division between the spirit and the soul. God, I thank you, Lord, that we're here together tonight and iron sharpens iron. 
Lord, I thank you, God, that we just imitate one another in this love that you've given for us, Lord. Father, tonight, let us exercise what we've heard, Lord. Let us put it to work. If without it, it's nothing. Lord, we have to do what we hear. Lord, I just give you glory and honor, and I thank you for these people here tonight. Lord, bless them that you, your countenance would stay upon them and keep them safe till they come again. In Jesus' name, amen.